Welcome to the Teaching Behavior Together podcast, where I provide you with actionable steps for making your classroom management plan effective by incorporating behavioral and social-emotional learning activities into your daily teaching. Hi, I'm Maria, and I have 10 years experience in the field of behavior analysis. In each episode, I will be providing you with effective and evidence-based strategies you can use to create a classroom environment you want to go to each morning. No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. and welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. Today we're going to be talking all about natural and logical consequences for aggressive behavior in our classrooms. So first, I just want to start off really quickly and talk about safety. For any behavior that has the potential for a student to harm themselves or others, a team needs to be involved in the plan development. Okay, so before we can talk about strategies, I just want to talk about the fact that you really need a team involved if a student is engaging in behavior that can potentially affect other students, harm other students, or harm themselves. So we want to maintain safety in our classroom. So that's why if this is something that is occurring in your classroom, I highly encourage you to seek support from other team members in your building so you can make a team-based decision and really develop a very comprehensive plan to help the student be successful. Additionally, for this type of behavior, it is highly recommended that a formal functional behavior assessment be completed by someone who has been trained to complete functional behavior assessments to determine the function of behavior. So a lot of times when we talk about behavior change and behavior plans, we also talk about functional behavior assessments. And in order for us to really identify the function of the behavior or the why behind that behavior, you're going to need a functional behavior assessment conducted. And we definitely want to do functional behavior assessments for behaviors of this nature and of this severity. There should be an identified replacement behavior that is being explicitly taught and should be reinforced consistently when the student engages in that behavior. So based on your functional behavior assessment, you're going to identify the function of the behavior and then you're going to identify a functionally equivalent replacement behavior that you're going to explicitly teach and reinforce in your classroom. I also want to highlight that the behavior plan should be very focused on reinforcement and the reinforcement of those appropriate behaviors. It should also be full of antecedent strategies that are in place to help set the environment so that the aggressive behavior is less likely to happen and the functionally alternative replacement behavior is more likely to happen. So all those are all the pieces of the puzzle that you would need to think about if you are experiencing aggressive episodes in your classroom. Today we're going to be talking about natural and logical consequences of aggressive behavior. So everything that we talk about today is said with the understanding that all those other pieces are already in place. So if that's something that's not already in place, then this content might not be as applicable because without the functional behavior assessment and a behavior intervention plan that is highly focused on reinforcement and the teaching of a functional alternative replacement behavior, some of these strategies are not going to be effective imposing natural and logical consequences for aggressive behavior without all those other pieces is going to be way less effective than if you have the full package. So that's why I really want to emphasize getting other team members involved, getting other people in your classroom so that you can develop a really comprehensive plan for the student and that student can be successful. 
Okay, now that we've talked about some of those other pieces to the puzzle, we are going to get into the content about natural and logical consequences. So now we're at the point of a behavior plan where for typically for most behavior plans, there's a section that involves if the undesired behavior occurs, in this case, aggression, what is our plan going to be? Before we get into the actual strategies, I want to talk about what aggression is because the strategies might vary based on what type of aggression you're experiencing in your classroom. So there are a couple of different forms of aggression. We have verbal aggression, physical aggression, and at times some people would also include property destruction as an aggressive episode as well. So let's take verbal aggression. There are a bunch of different definitions of verbal aggression and when you're defining the behavior that your student is engaging in, you're gonna be defining it based on the behaviors that your student engages in. But just to give you an idea, verbal aggression would be any type of verbal-based behavior that expresses a threat of harm or intimidation towards someone else. It can involve swearing, yelling, screaming, again, directed at someone else in the environment. So now let's talk about the natural consequence to verbal aggression. So when a student engages in verbal aggression, the natural consequence is what automatically occurs in the environment when that student engages in that behavior. Therefore, the natural consequence of verbal aggression will be that others hear what is being said and can be hurt by that behavior. Right, so this is something that just naturally occurs in the environment. No adult is mediating that consequence, meaning that when a student engages in verbal aggression, anyone else in that environment can experience hurt from that without an adult being involved in that process. Does that make sense? A logical consequence to verbal aggression would be the consequence that you as a teacher would then engage in around that behavior. So if you've listened to the podcast before and you listened to the episode about consequences, logical consequences should always involve some sort of skill building. And we've covered that in the behavior plan, right? So we are hopefully teaching a functionally alternative replacement behavior. So we are teaching some sort of skill to our student, right? There might also be some lagging skills that we could teach as well. These might include teaching appropriate responses to frustration or being upset, overwhelmed, whatever it might be. We are teaching coping skills essentially so that the student can engage in those skills as opposed to engaging in that verbal aggression. So that should be part of the behavior plan. So not only are we teaching a replacement skill for the functionally alternative replacement behavior, like if it was escape, that you're teaching an appropriate way for the student to ask for a break so that they can escape that situation or ask for help, whatever it might be, but you're also teaching some of those lagging skills that are preventing the student from engaging in appropriate behavior. Now what I want you to do if you're in this situation where you have a student who's engaging in verbal aggression in your classroom is to identify any lagging skills that that student might be missing or lagging that is causing them to engage in aggressive behaviors as opposed to engaging in a more appropriate behavior when they are in that situation. And then I want you to make a plan for teaching those skills. This can coincide with the plan that you've created for teaching that functionally alternative replacement skill. Again, these skills might be very similar. So if you are teaching, if you have a student who's engaging in verbal aggression to escape a work task, and you're teaching a functionally alternative replacement behavior of asking for a break, you can also teach the lagging skills of asking for help or managing frustration or engaging in some other coping strategy as well so that they don't engage in that verbal aggressive episode. 
Again, that can all take place as part of the behavior plan. This is just another process to really identify those lagging skills. So we make sure that our behavior plan is really, really full of teaching lagging skills and functional alternative replacement skills. So that student it has an option for engaging in a more appropriate behavior to access the same function of escape in this example that we're going with in this episode but you're also teaching some of those foundational core skills that a student might not have been explicitly taught in the past that they need so that they can engage in that more appropriate behavior. Now, another aspect of a logical consequence is that a teacher can also have a student engage in a response that matches the behavior. So if you were thinking of verbal aggression, it might be that a student apologizes to the people that were in the environment when the episode occurred. Whenever others are affected by the behavior, some sort of logical consequence involving them should occur. And that's really where that apology comes in. Maybe you have the student write a note to the people that were in the room or have some sort of restorative practices occur where you are have the student who engaged in the verbally aggressive episode with either the other student that it was targeted at or the adult that it was targeted at go through the process of some restorative practices so that they can redevelop that relationship and so that the student understands that when I do this I might hurt other people and that's an unkind thing to do. Now I want to talk about some things that you can do that aren't necessarily logical consequences. Another idea might be that once you've taught some of those lagging skills to the student is to have the student teach those skills to other students. We know that when a student has the ability to teach other students a skill, that they really, really understand that concept or skill that they're teaching. So this can be a great way that after you've taught some of those lagging skills to give that student some sort of leadership role in your classroom and help with some peer-mediated intervention so that you're able to help other students in the classroom as well. And you know that that student has a really strong understanding of that skill and can engage in that skill really fluently. You can even do this with younger students or students in other grades. So again, you're giving that leadership role to our student, which can go a really long way in terms of really developing their self-confidence and their ability to express themselves appropriately in other situations and their ability to engage in appropriate behavior. One thing I do want to highlight is that these strategies should not be viewed as punishment, but an opportunity for us to teach lagging skills and the opportunity to really help our students develop other skills that they need in life, like leadership skills, mentoring skills that they can utilize to help build their self-esteem and confidence um, and then help other students in the process. Again, this episode is not going to be focused on what we traditionally think as punishment strategies, right? Because we know from the research that punishment might stop the behavior in that very moment, but punishment alone is not enough for effective behavior change, and it's really not ethical in a lot of situations. So if we really address these problems and the antecedent end and by teaching replacement skills and identifying any lagging skills and really teaching those lagging skills and really building a lot of the soft skills of our students, we are going to have so much success in our classrooms with our students and also acknowledging, yes, that our students do need to apologize for the behavior that they engage in. We need to normalize apologizing in our classrooms because, you know, in life we're going to mess up and we're going to make mistakes and that's okay as long as we apologize, acknowledge what we did was hurtful to someone else and really come from a place of understanding, of understanding their perspective and then engaging in more appropriate behavior in the future, right? So that's the goal for all of this. So that's really what this episode is really going to focus around as we walk through the other two types of aggressive episodes as well. All right, so we're going to talk about physical aggression. So physical aggression is typically defined as any contact 
with another person that has caused harm or the intent to cause harm with that other person. So I know that intent is a very subjective word in the ABA world, and we don't really like to define behaviors with subjective words, but we want to focus on really being able to discriminate between events when students are just kind of playing around that horseplay type of behavior or when there was actual intent to hurt someone else. At times there might be the intent to harm, but someone else might not be harmed in the process, right? So if a student goes to hit another student, but that other student moves out of the way, we still wanna address that behavior because it was still an attempted physically aggressive act. So we still wanna make sure that we are teaching some skills around that. So let's talk about the natural consequences of physically aggressive acts. It's very similar to verbal aggression in that the natural consequence to physical aggression is harm done to that other person. That might look like a red mark on the other person. That might look like the other person crying. That might look like the other person falling to the ground. Whatever it might be, that is the natural consequence of physical aggression. These consequences, again, occur where there is no adult-imposed or mediated consequences. They're just natural events that occur when one person makes contact with another person. Now, in terms of logical consequences, they're going to be very similar to the verbal aggression logical consequences that we talked about, but we're really identifying areas that we can build skills around, right? So we're going to identify skill building strategies that we can teach students around the lagging skills related to why they're engaging in these aggressive episodes. The lagging skills, again, might be around frustration tolerance, developing coping strategies or social skills. So what you're going to do is really evaluate when physical aggression occurs and determine what lagging skills might be at play here. Again, these might be different than the functional alternative replacement behaviors, but they also might be similar. So we're really going to develop that comprehensive plan of identifying that functional alternative replacement behavior and teaching that and also explicitly teaching any other lagging skills that might be preventing our student from engaging in appropriate behavior. Again, another logical consequence to any type of aggressive episode would be that there's an apology towards the person that was hurt in this situation. So this apology again can take many different forms. You can engage in restorative practices around this episode where if a student hurts another student or if our student hurts an adult so that there is understanding around that, there is really a discussion around that, and our student learns that when I engage in this type of behavior, someone else is hurt in the process and that is an unkind thing to do. You could again put the student in a leadership role once they've developed some of those lagging skills so that the students can help teach other students those skills as well. Peer-mediated strategies or interventions are proven again and again in the research to be extremely effective. So if you're not familiar with peer-mediated interventions, I highly suggest that you look up peer-mediated interventions and you start utilizing them in your classroom because they can be really, really effective. So lastly, let's talk about property destruction. So if a student is engaging in property destruction, it's some sort of physically aggressive act towards an object in the classroom, whether that means desks, objects, manipulatives, paper, whatever it might be. The natural consequences of property destruction is going to vary based on whatever the behavior looked like, right? So if it was that they knocked over all the manipulatives, it's that mess that they made with those manipulatives. If they tore up their assignments, it's the fact that their assignment is now torn up to pieces. If they flipped over a desk, it's now that the desk is upside down. And those are the natural consequences to property destruction. That's what naturally occurs in the environment. In terms of logical consequences, you're probably tired of me saying this, but you're really identifying those lagging skills that that student might be missing that is preventing them from engaging in appropriate behavior in that situation. But with property destruction, there are also some different logical consequences we could have the student engage in 
to understand that the actions that they engaged in were not something that we want to see in our classroom, right? So for example, if they knock over a bunch of materials in your classroom, a logical consequence would be that they help clean it up. If they rip up an assignment, then the logical consequence might be that they come with you to make a new copy of that assignment. If they tear artwork off the wall, it might be that they help you clean up that artwork in that moment and that you work together to identify another activity that you can do as a whole class so that there's more artwork on the wall. That doesn't mean you have to come up with a plan right then and there or engage with these consequences right then and there. You know, if the student is still really upset and frustrated, Having them clean up the entire area might just make them more frustrated in that moment. But really waiting for that student to calm down in that moment and engage in some coping strategies in that moment so they're able to calm their body. So they're able to have a larger discussion about that behavior in that situation that cause that behavior and why that it, that is something that we don't want to engage in in the classroom. And then you can have them engage in helping you clean up or helping them make a plan for artwork that they can hang on the wall. So you're teaching the student that if you engage in this behavior, then there's some sort of restoration that needs to occur, right? Again, I think that we want to highlight with this type of aggressive behavior that includes somebody else, whether it's verbal aggression, physical aggression, or property destruction, we really want to have the student who engaged in that episode repair the relationship with that other person. If you're unfamiliar with restorative practices, I highly suggest you try and find some sort of training on it. I'm sure there's some free trainings that give you a lot of the basic information, but if you're in a classroom where a lot of these behaviors are occurring or other behaviors are occurring that other students are affected by, it might be something that you wanna ask your administrators about getting formal training and restorative practices so that you're able to engage in this as an intervention strategy in your classroom. So in summary of this episode, for any type of aggressive episode that occurs in your classroom, you want to make sure that you are working with the team to develop a functional behavior assessment as well as a behavior plan based off of those assessment results, that you're really reinforcing the appropriate behaviors that you want to see in the classroom, as well as really teaching the functional alternative replacement behavior. You're also identifying any lagging skills that a student might be missing that is causing them to engage in inappropriate behavior in your classroom and teach those lagging skills as well so that students can engage in more appropriate behaviors. And then you also want to mediate a consequence to these behaviors where the student is repairing either the relationship with another student, the adult in the classroom, or they're cleaning up the mess that occurred based on property destruction. So these are just some strategies to have in mind when you are thinking of natural logical consequences for aggressive episodes in your classroom. Now, I do want to quickly state that if a student is engaging in aggressive episodes in your classroom, you're already thinking about safety, but there's also probably procedures that your building has for these types of behaviors that you want to make sure that you're familiar with and engaging in and that your administrators know that these types of behaviors are occurring in your classroom just to keep everyone safe and everyone on the same page and make sure that you're engaging in the right building procedures for these types of behaviors. So you might have also have some sort of de-escalation protocol that you engage in when a student is engaging in an aggressive episode. So you also want to make sure that you are familiar with that as well. Lastly, there might be some building level consequences that occur based on these different behaviors, right? So we typically don't have control of these consequences and sometimes they involve sending a student home or having them sit out of some sort of activity. These are typically laid out in the building handbook and again, we don't have control over them. So we wanna make sure that if one of these consequences does occur, that we are also advocating for that skills-based instruction so our students are learning new skills and that these behaviors don't keep occurring in our classrooms. 
Again, go with what your building policy is on these behaviors, but also make sure that you are the team member that is speaking up about skills-based instruction for our students. All right, so that's all the information I have for you today on natural and logical consequences for aggression in your classroom. If you have any questions, please feel free to follow me over on Instagram at Teaching Behavior Together, and I'd be happy to chat with you more about this. If you would be so kind and leave this podcast a rating or review, that would mean so much to me and would also help other teachers find this episode as well. Hope this was helpful and that you're able to engage with some of these strategies in your classroom so that you are able to increase the success of all of your students and have a great rest of the day.